The question is this. How are bikini pros of the IFBB, like us, who train, diet, manage a family, kids, full-time job, relationships, trying to succeed in our fitness journey, make it through the day, get it all done, master the stage, and still walk away humble and healthier than when we started. Finding ways to inspire others everywhere we go. That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Cheryl Spangler, and welcome to Pro Bikini Insider, Secrets of the Fit Life. When I was 18, I got this job, first job out of high school, I mean, obviously other than like waitressing and stuff during high school. First job out, I got this job at the Drug Enforcement Administration Task Force. I don't even care what I share in this podcast. I'm going deep on stuff I've never shared. So I'm working for this task force. So basically the Drug Enforcement FBI has this incognito task force out in Fairfax, Arlington area. And we were the secretaries, my sister and I. And my sister, Christy, um, she was 19 and I was, or she was 20 and I was 18. And she got diabetes, obtained, you know, she like all of a sudden came down with diabetes at age 17. It was juvenile diabetes. It runs all through our family. I'm sure you've heard me talk about it. And she, of all of us four kids, was the only one that got the juvenile diabetes, you know, before 18. And, um, so she had this and what, you know, it does in general, when you have diabetes in general, whether you get contract, uh, type one or type two, it basically keeps you from healing fast. It keeps you from healing fast. So when you get cut or when you get a virus or when you get sick, it just takes you a little bit longer to heal, basically, especially, you know, when you get cut. And so just because things are off in your body, you know, they're not, they're just not perfect. Like sometimes that is one of the side effects I noticed, um, throughout all the people who have diabetes in my family. It's just something they just heal. They don't heal as fast. And so really, you know, you really need to take a lot of protein and, really be conscious of that. So anyway, I'm working at this task force and this guy, one of the 30 that work there, these undercover task force agents who are basically inserted into these drug lord operations. And then they just kind of come back to this office that we're hidden out in to push all their paperwork and write all their reports. And then we took care of that. This guy says to me one day, you're so full of life. You are so full of life just the way you look at things, you know? And I was 18, he was 35. And I just was like, okay. I mean, I just looked at life, whatever. I just got up every morning and did my thing. I didn't think I was extra positive. And during the next year that we worked there, um, there was this guy that was really, really hitting on my sister. And she liked him a lot. I mean, she liked him. Now she was 20 and in our family, we didn't date until we were 18 and we weren't really allowed to date until we were 18 technically because my parents were just very conservative. And plus we didn't have a lot of cars and we lived out in the middle of nowhere. So, I mean, who's going to pick us up? And 
she she like fell in love with this guy and he was married yep he was married and I'm just gonna tell you guys everything he had this like blister on his lip uh, telltale sign for anyone who's dating anyone with blisters just like really dig into that because he had this thing on his lip we didn't know what it was we were so freaking naive at the time well it was herpes and it was like obviously he had been actively uh blistering with herpes on and off enough in his life for whoever however many years that it created like a permanent scar on his lip it was huge too <laughs> so because it was so big we weren't really that like never crossed our mind okay so over the next year that I worked there and she worked there, she was just like in love with this guy. This guy was in love with her and they eventually went out on a date and within one week, within one week of going on this one dancing, probably I think it was a Christmas time, a Christmas party turned into all night dancing. I remember I was there, you know, went to this Christmas party like everyone does. And within one week, she was blistered up on in her mouth and in her privates with herpes. I mean, full on, this man must have been in full blown active, you know, it's, you know how herpes is. I mean, I know this now, it's dormant and then it's not, you know, it's active or it's not. And if it's active and you have sexual intercourse or any kind of sexual interactions with someone, whether you're kissing them, you're doing oral sex or having regular sex, you basically are giving it to someone. And so obviously he was active and he didn't give a crap that he was about to share this with someone that was 20 years old super young and by the way had never had intercourse with anyone up until him and yeah she was doing something wrong but this whole this whole thing there's a point to the story lots of lots of points okay whatever you get from it and so one week later she's white blisters all over her mouth and down there and we're like what the hell and so she, if we were more you know dating and having sexual intercourse and everything through high school maybe we would have been more aware but we weren't and I guess we were more um protected and like you know like I said we didn't even date until we were 16 I mean like 18 so of course, right now it's a totally different story. Social media, everyone, this is kind of getting off topic of what I wanted this podcast to be like, but that happened. And then uh, she basically didn't heal well. So what happened, I mean, month after month, her diabetes would slowly be kind of out of control. And she didn't control it well because she tried to use not taking insulin or taking insulin to lose weight because societal pressure to look perfect. And of course, initially, like when you start taking lots of insulin to 
process all the food and carbs and sugar and stuff you're eating and you're trying to get it all under control you're basically kind of on this like up and down like and you're yo-yoing and you're trying to like chase the food you know you take the food and then you take the insulin you try to make it perfect and it's very very difficult actually it's very difficult she had a difficult time and plus the fact that she gained a lot of weight uh when she first started taking like insulin shots so she would sometimes not take it because I didn't know this until later but she would sometimes not take the insulin because she would try to control her weight you know because basically the food wouldn't be processed without the insulin so she would eat food and it would just like go through her and things started happening this is all before this guy experience like things started already starting to happen like her eyesight started to be degraded and uh, she ended up with this like blood blister in her eye because if you're not eating proper nutrition and your blood sugars are constantly high, meaning 200, 300, 400, 500, you know, morning and night, even when you're taking insulin, then you're just, you're going to, your eyesight's going to be gone. Eventually you're going to lose a leg and an arm and your kidneys and everything's going to fail. You're going to die. And so she was doing this, but we were, we, you can't control someone who's an adult. You can only tell them, but the more you tell them and harp on them, and depending on how you do it, you know, they basically turn and run from you because they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear, don't eat sugar. They don't want to hear. So this was happening, this whole trying to control her diabetes thing. So she's in this like quandrum of trying to get control of her body. Meanwhile, your body's not really responding or healing fast. So then all of a sudden, bam, she meets this guy and she falls and then they go on this date and then he does this thing where he doesn't say what's going on with him. She contracts herpes and a, you know, a week later figures out, oh my God, we go to the doctor or my mom, her and me and we're like, holy crap. And now her body's not healing it very well. So now it's like, well, how is a diabetic body responding to herpes? Well, it, it doesn't, it doesn't heal the active virus very well. It takes a long time. So what happens with people without diabetes, if they have it, it might come active for a day or two. Like people would have a blister, you know, and then it would like go away because you would either take up, take a antibiotic or something that you know that you need to take when you're active. And then it would go dormant for, let's just say three weeks out of a month. Maybe you're active only a couple days out of a month. But with a diabetic, they're actually almost the reverse. They will be active more than they would be dormant because it takes two weeks or more to basically get your body to like make it go dormant or heal up the blisters if it's active. I mean, it just depends. Like your body responds differently. So everyone's body responds differently and some people never go active and they always carry it dormant. Some people are running around right now millions of people actually with it dormant and it never goes active because that's just how your body's doing. And in her case, she was active more than she was dormant because her body had a hard time either one shoving it away, making it dormant, making it go away or healing it. So from the moment that she was 20 years old and the very first person she ever had intercourse with, she contracted this virus and was dealing on a weekly basis with constantly trying to make it go away. Now, her biggest fear 
was what do I do with everyone else in the future? I want kids. Like, she wants kids. She, she had some months were like just a few days where she wasn't dealing with active mouth and vaginal blisters. And so if this is disgusting, like get off the podcast, but dude, this is some real shit that people are dealing with. And this is how being naive, like freaking like I, I may not come out and say in every circumstance in life that I see through people, but I see through people. I mean, just being intuitive to me is like, is like a mandatory. Okay. And it's not being on guard. So let me just go back a minute. When I was 18, I was working for the task force and this man said, you're so full of life. Fast forward four years. My sister contracts this virus at age 20. First time, first guy she's been with and slowly goes into this spiral of what is life worth living for. We didn't realize this is how bad it was. And this wasn't the only thing that caused her to spiral. She was out of control with her diabetes. She contracted this virus. It caused her to not be able to have much of a relationship with any guy. It, it lessened the hope of her having a baby because she's like, well, I don't, you know, you, you know, you can't be having intercourse with people after that without telling them. You know, he did, he did, had affairs with multiple people even after that, that, you know, we watched, but she wasn't going to. So she would tell someone if she liked him and wanted to date him. And then of course they'd be like, run because she's, you know, in a 30 day period, 20 days or more actively in this virus situation, trying to get her body to fight it off and trying to get her body to you know, put equilibrium to the diabetes in general, keep her sugars normal. The whole thing just kind of, she ended up with, you know, losing her eyesight went bad and just her body was, she basically gave up at age 23. She died and it was not all because of this thing, but it was the beginning of all the things that led to her perception that life wasn't worth living. She didn't kill herself. Okay. She wasn't like a suicide, but she died from ketoacidosis. She died from too high a blood sugar. When I was 24, when I was 24, I didn't have that zest for life like that. I didn't have that the way that that guy's like, man, you're so full of life. I didn't have that anymore because it was like, you know, I don't know, letting things get to you that happen. Sister passed away. Family was in constant sadness and dealing with it. And like my mom, like her whole life is revolved around the kids and us. And, you know, just like a mother trying to deal with all that. So, I mean, I just basically dove into work and getting overeducated and getting degree after degree after multiple master's degrees, multiple, I mean, I was basically just school and work and I just like, that's all I did. And I guess it's good now because it's like, 
I know a lot, <laughs> but now I realize actually life experience is better than school experience. But, um, the point is that when I started later in life, working out and building my body and being inspired by bodybuilding and working out. And I'm not talking about when I started like true bodybuilding six, seven years ago or seven or eight years ago. I'm talking about even before that. I mean, when I started getting into working out on a regular basis, running marathons and really just making it a huge part of my life and just being super, super conscious about what I put in my body, even after the death, I you know, it's not like I turned to like organic food and healthy food and was like, how can I stop this? I didn't because I mean, just people don't do that. You know, sometimes you don't do that. And it was later, like in my thirties actually, that I started basically what I feel like was an inspiring, a fit life. And that means in your mind, your mindset, controlling your mind and what you think and a fit body and really putting consciously making an effort to really plan out and what am I putting in my body and how is my body responding to it and also working my body out and realizing that weightlifting is something that can transform and there is no age when it comes to bodybuilding and weightlifting. Weight training in general is like a reversal of age. It just it's amazing. It's amazing. I mean, there's so many benefits. I could go on and on and on. And it is tough to keep the regiment of going to a gym or using a home gym and actually using weights. You don't want to. You when you get up in the morning, you got to make yourself go. So when I got in, so when I started this regiment of living an inspired fit life, consciously living an inspiring fit life, I got my zest back. I felt for the first time like the way that this guy said when I was 18, which was, God, you're so full of life. Like things don't get to you. You just go along happily. Like you're just like a kid that woke up that morning. That's how I felt when I started consciously being aware of one, a healthy mind. And that meant spiritually working on stuff, you know, reading, lessening the amount of TV, working on writing positive affirmations, just looking into introspection on my mind and controlling that and being in control of what goes in my mind, basically, and my body. And that is a physical appearance as well as what I eat and everything in between and also like mostly how my body responds to stuff. So I probably went through a 12 to 13, a 12 year period where I was happy. I mean, in that period, I actually met a man and got married and had kids and we moved to California and I, you know, worked in the high tech industry. And then I came back and I started real estate. Like all these things happened, like life happened. I didn't stop living, but that ultimate zest for life did not start back. I know because now I can reflect on that until I started consciously living in, this is what I say, living an inspired fit life. And I tell you this story because I 
My mission in life is very simple. To inspire courage. To inspire courage. That's it. Courage to start a business. Courage to live your dream. Courage to write down a big goal and regardless of what other people think, go for it. Courage to decide that you're going to create a tribe of people based on your passion and they're going to follow you. Courage to try things new, even though you might fail every single time. Courage to do whatever it is you want to do. So my mission is simple, to inspire courage. And I've been like flipping around the idea of how I can make a bigger impact doing that. And I have experienced a lot of things and not even anywhere near what probably who's listening to this has experienced. And I would love to hear more about anything people have experienced, like struggles and how you overcame it, struggles and how you didn't overcome it. I think all that's so important. Believing in yourself, being courageous to do something regardless of what other people, you could be homeless right now and next week be a millionaire. You don't have to go through the steps to incremental steps that everyone in society tells you you have to do for them to believe that you can become what you want to become. You don't have to skip through these little incremental steps because that's not the next step because, well, how are you going to make a million if you only make $10 right now? No. So to inspire courage in everyone that I meet. And for this, I have just created There's a website that I'm working on. It's called Inspire Fit Life. And I encourage everyone to go visit it because I want you to comment on things that I post and I want you to interact with things that I talk about, people I interview, products I try. I don't create or own a product and I don't like 100% endorse a product, but man, The bodybuilding and fitness and health industry is all about shoving miracle products and services and programs down our throats. And I just like to be the unbiased third-party analyzer because cut through the bullshit, really. I mean, like, people are so easily influenced and swayed by marketing tactics. And so inspirefitlife.com is... This is what I do. I podcast, I blog, a video blog, and I inspire a fit mind and a fit body. I also want to talk about people who want to start a business inspiring other people to get fit, whether that's start a coaching business or whatever. There are some brilliant marketing tools that could be used that are not being used in the fitness industry by majority of people. And I'd like to be able to share some of those and just give you pros and cons of those things. So this inspirefitlife.com, the source of why I'm starting this stems from a lot of different experiences. What I experienced in my family, in my personal relationships, in my lack of zest for life, my zest for life, the acknowledgement of when that came and went. And then 
you know, I took it to the extreme and did bodybuilding at age like, uh, 39, actually 38, started bodybuilding at 38. I didn't realize it at the time, but I was bodybuilding (laughs) and then just decided to take it to the extreme and it inspired me more and more and more because every time I, uh, like stepped up in coaches or stepped up in my regiment or, or struggled through keeping a routine that was so hardcore that most people were like, how are you doing that? Over time, it became habit. Through doing that, I learned so much. And the thing about me right now, and maybe it's because of all that has happened to me in my life, I tend to experience something and then take a lot of time to reflect on it and say, how can I help someone else deal with that? And that's part of why I started podcasting, um, Pro Bikini Insider, the podcast. And now the podcast has kind of turned into, yeah, pro uh, bikini competitors who work a full-time job and have a family and do, they have this whole other life and inspire them to be fit before, during, and after. And the average woman who's over 40, inspire her to be fit before, during, and after any life experience. So Inspire Fit Life is like my contribution to the world and for me to do my mission. And that is basically to inspire courage. So I want to hear from people who listen to this podcast of a struggle that you've been through or a struggle you're currently going through and how you overcame it or how you would like to overcome it. Because I think that the way that we're going to overcome every single challenge is to first say, what am I dealing with right now? And how would I like the outcome to be? And what if it's a really, really negative situation, like a perceived negative situation that's like has no light at the end of the tunnel? There is a light. And actually, sometimes the light is complete and utter failure. And that actually is the best teacher. So inspire fit life, inspire and encourage people to be courageous. That's basically my life's mission. So check out inspire fit life and comment below on this podcast. Either if you're watching, you're listening on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or SoundCloud, which is my sources, the SoundCloud, uh, pro bikini insider, or comment on my Cheryl Spangler fit Instagram or just straight up comment on inspirefitlife.com and tell me what you want to hear because I'm going to be interviewing some amazing health professionals and people who have gone through some experiences that probably shouldn't even be alive at this point who are just doing amazing. And that's kind of what I want to do. I want to, I want to find everything out that, you know, health and fitness related and inspire a fit life in everyone that I meet. And I'm going to do that by getting and putting myself out there, trying new things, and then sharing how I experience them. And hey, don't forget, connect with me on Instagram, Cheryl Spangler Fit, and say hi. 